Welcome back. We're at episode six of That Gut Feeling, Doing It for the Kids podcast series. Today, I am speaking with the beautiful Vicky Jemison from Better Body Beauty and Wellness. And Vicky is a pro when it comes to all things menopause, which I know for a lot of you, probably you're not at that stage yet. But Neither am I, and I, for one, am super excited about this episode because I'd really like to know what to look out for. So when Vicky talks about her experience, she didn't understand or realize that she was in the perimenopause stage, and I think it would be really, really great to have the conversation around what to expect so that when these things start to creep in, we don't just have to put up with them. We can start being proactive on how we can uh, make some of the symptoms better understand that okay the shift is happening what can I do to support myself through this so that it isn't all doom and gloom and hot flushes and whatever else comes with menopause which you're about to find all about now I just want to say as well I was expecting this to be more just hormones and menopause but this episode is so much more than that there are so many nuggets in this that are fully applicable to gut health in general and uh, we, we talk about meditation we talk about the importance of moving our body mindfulness great information guys so even if menopause is not something that interests you I promise there is something for everyone in this episode so let's dig in shall we welcome to that gut feeling a weekly interview podcast that explores just how powerful our bodies are by design and how through taking a holistic approach to our gut health we can not only drastically change our own health but the health of those that we love especially our babies Hear incredible stories of transformations from everyday people like you and I, and also from a range of health professionals as we educate and inspire parents to take charge of their family's health and keep on doing it for the kids. Before we get into the nitty gritty, Vicky, do you want to uh, share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, what it is that you do and how you got into this space? Sure. Thanks so much, Tony, for having me on the podcast. Yahoo! I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to And everyone you. who's listening. Yeah, it's great. So I'm, um, I've been in the beauty and wellness space for 30 plus years so I'm showing my age here I'm 55 at the moment and I'm really passionate about helping women feel amazing because I think a lot of women go around um, you know living kind of half of what they could be living and thinking that it's hard to be optimally well so of course my beauty and wellness space is all around you know how we can look great (laughs) (laughs) But at the underneath side of that, it's like when we look great, we feel more confident within ourselves. So and things like hormones, (laughs) hello, hormones and stress and obviously gut health play a massive part in that because when we feel yuck or bloated or hormonally all over the show, like we're going to literally get the dagger out and kill someone (laughs) Um, then that impacts how we kind of go about our day and how we impact others so 
Absolutely. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I've got two grown-up kids and a granddaughter now. So uh, that and I love triathlon. That's my sport of choice, if you like. I'm very active and like to just do you know 500% in a day. So I don't want to let getting older uh, limit what I can do. And that's yeah. my kind of driver, I guess, for um, what keeps me going. And then I think, you know what, if everyone else wants to do that, hey, let's let's help them along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Share a bit of that knowledge. And when you're feeling a million bucks on the outside as well, uh, sorry, on the inside, that reflects on the outside. So it is so important to kind of have that really holistic approach, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely that's the thing I focus on in my salon as well as, you know, in the courses and stuff I run, the mind, body, spirit approach. So mentally, how we're thinking, physically, how we're feeling, and then emotionally, you know, how we feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because if like one of them is missing, like just say the mental side of things, you don't have the right mindset, you're just like, oh, the whole world's against me or I just could be bothered, then the rest of those things aren't going to fall into place either, are they? No, exactly. And as you are really well aware, when you're thinking something, it can physically create something in our body. So whether that's sickness or just, um, you know, that feeling of uh, or bloated or we're not digesting our food and there's, you know, that neurochemical response. So we have to kind of wind it back and start with, you know, a holistic approach to how we deal with it too. So not just from a physical perspective, but you know, how can we feel better? What are our little go-tos? And, you know, maybe it's just walking outside and bare feet to ground yeah. ourselves and get the fresh air. Yeah, sometimes it's, so, yeah. it's just the simple things, hey, getting back to basics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so – With your own personal journey, you know, you've been in the, you said you've been in the health and wellness space for over 30 years. Have you had any significant health battles of your own that you've overcome? I sure have. And I think that always makes it stick a little bit more in what I share with my clients. So in my late 20s, I had adrenal fatigue and it took about four years to get diagnosed. (laughs) So back in those days, it was in the 1990s, um, I was going from healthcare practitioner to healthcare practitioner being told that there was nothing wrong with me. But I was feeling like I was dragging myself around, Uh, I had no energy, I was really moody, and I was thinking, surely that's not how life's meant to be. (laughs) So um, Was this early 20s, did you say, or late 20s? No. It was late 20s, so probably 27-ish. Okay. How many kids did you have on the ground at that stage? This was pre-children. Pre-children, right. Pre-children, but I was working. I had worked in a government agency. I'd worked shift work for about five years. Then I had travelled. So it was the shift work that was the key there. Um, Travelled. So low stress while I was travelling. Then I'd come back and had a very stressful emotionally abusive kind of relationship with my partner and then opened my own business yeah (laughs) so working 12 hour days (laughs) yeah yeah so there were kind of a few little key things in there Mm. that and they were all stress related that sort of compounded and then obviously my genetic way of dealing my body's way of dealing with stress probably 
also impacted that, even though I was healthy as in ate the right, I ate organically, did meditation, um, had always been sporty. So those kind of things, I was like, how come this is not making sense? I'm ticking all the boxes from a wellness perspective, but I'm still tired. Yeah. So that was my biggest, it's the start of my journey into, you know, there's more to this than just foods mm. and a healthy lifestyle. Uh, there's more stress stuff c- coming in. There wasn't a lot of research at that time. From there, when I did have kids, then I started having more complications. So I had food intolerances and to the fat and impact after my second child that I became anaphylactic to soy. So that was just compounding, again, the stress response in my body and the fact that my gut wasn't working right um, from stress. Mm. (laughs) So there was all these triggers. And then what happened in my 40s was I got a a parasite just, you know, to compound it all. So I've had a lot of IBS issues from then on. It's probably taken 10 years to get that really honestly sorted. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have my food allergies, but they're very well managed. Uh, but yeah, it's been, and then of course I had hormonal, you know, perimenopause came in the midst of all that. And I didn't know had what a run that of was. It. <laughs> <laughs> so when you put it in a nutshell, it seems like a lot, but you know, that's been over 30 years type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And so for you, like having the adrenal fatigue and having the parasite and having the food intolerances, and I know it was a very gradual journey for you to kind of write things or get to the stage where you are at the moment. So this may be a very difficult question to, to kind of answer, but I'm wondering, is there any one thing that you can pinpoint this was a major turning point for me or do you feel like it has been a combination team effort of a lot of different changes that you've made over that period? Uh, what has it, what's been the biggest thing that you've noticed that that's impacted the most with your health? You know, there was a time actually uh, in my early 40s, and this was a little bit before the parasite thing, that I was super busy in salon and I took a test, like just in a a um, masterclass that I went to, live show, and it was like a stress test. And I was thinking, oh, sweet, you know, I'll have this sorted. Mm. I had no idea how stressed I was. And this quiz was like out of 60 questions and I came at like, I was tick, 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 tick. And I was like about 40 out of the 60, I was a yes for. And she said, if you're over 35 ticks on this quiz, you're in high fight or flight mode all of the time. And I'm like, oh Uh-oh. my goodness, mm. my body is just not coping. And that's when the penny dropped that it's like, I might feel calm and in control of my day. <laughs> But there's clearly another level of this going on. And so that's kind of when I thought I really need to kind of get extra one percenters into every part of my lifestyle, particularly my stress management. And that's when I started going back to a lot of meditation that I had been resisting (laughs) because I had done a lot in my 20s. When I had kids, that kind of really went out the window. Yeah, it is hard when um, little ones are I running think around. 
exactly everyone can relate to that when you've got toddlers and stuff and then in my 40s, I thought, you know what, I just have to prioritize this. Even though I felt like I had no time, it was just like, what can I do to get meditation in an everyday context? Yeah. And so that's that was kind of my big epiphany. Yeah, okay. It, I'd just like to add on that, um, you know, how you just said about you didn't, you're like, I'm going to ace this test and I, you didn't feel like you were stressed out. I want this to be a really take-home message for our listeners out there is that you don't need to be feeling that way, like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed, I need a holiday, for you to be stuck in flight or fight mode. A really good indicator that you are stuck in that is when you are constantly thinking, planning, doing. Like you may not feel stressed out what you're doing while you're doing those things, but if you're constantly go, 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 you can't sit down, you can't relax, um, you know, you feel like you always have to be doing something, like that is a really good indicator that you are stuck in that fight or flight mode and that you need to start being proactive with getting yourself out of that mode because while we're stuck there our body can't like our digestive system doesn't work our reproductive system goes on vacation I often I tell my girls that I in my program that the, your digestive system packs her bags and it's like see you later I'm going on a holiday and so you're not digesting your food properly all of those really important things you're not absorbing the vitamins and minerals that you need so we should be spending at least 80% of our time in that rest and digest mode rather than that fight or flight mode. So uh, especially as mums or women in general, I suppose, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter what stage of your life you're in. There's always, we're always going to have our own different stresses going on. But I know for myself personally, having the kids, you know, you wake up in the morning and it's, breakfast, get them ready for kindy, for some it may be school, daycare, whatever it may be. And then on top of that, you've got to finish packing up and cleaning the kitchen, whatever it may be. Then you've got your jobs and everything for the day. You might have to rush off to work. Like it's just, we live in such a fast paced world, don't we? And it's just, it just seems to never slow down. And so we do need to be mindful of it and do need to stop and and take that time to do the meditation with the meditation do you have like a set amount of time that you dedicate to it or like what do you advise your clients is it just a minimum of five minutes at least a day or what do you normally kind of aim for yeah I think it really depends on your lifestyle and it needs to be something that you can consistently do and then once you're doing it you will know you will feel the benefits and so you start growing it so I do say in in the beginning when you're super busy because you feel like oh my goodness I can't fit one more thing into my day mm-hmm. you're joking I've got to do meditation yeah it's kind of like okay take a breath <laughs> okay <laughs> get up 10 minutes earlier and set your time for five minutes so when mm. I did it I started with five minutes and I would put my timer on so I wouldn't have to be like I was one of those people that I'm I was constantly on the go, couldn't stop, always thinking from the moment I woke up to the moment okay. I went to bed. Yeah. So if you're that type of person, it's gonna just know it's hard to sit still for like literally a minute. I was like, Oh, time must be up. Let me check the time. It's like no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just was one of put the... your timer on. I was one of those people that would be meditating. 
meditation and I'd be like sitting there going, am I doing it right? Like, what, what yeah. should I be doing? What should I be feeling? Like, these are all the thoughts that are going through my head. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I since have exactly. That's not what it's about. But but also, yeah, learning too with meditation is that it's a learned process, and that yeah. that's why they call it a meditation practice. Yeah. And I've I finally clicked it. You know, it's like it's a practice, and sometimes you'll have so much on your mind that you can't let stuff go. Yeah. So it's like you know what, today's just one of those days, that's okay. Tomorrow I can clear my head a little bit more. So just kind of knowing, and there's a whole lot of really awesome apps out there nowadays that mm. you can just be mindful in the moment. So I teach that, you know, five, starting off five minutes in the morning and then at night when you're lying in bed, because lots of people are too tired, they're too tired to do meditation at night. So just lie prone, do some deep breathing, which activates your nervous system to flip into that rest and digest side of things which is your repair mode Mm -hmm. and then and then while you're counting your breaths I say do 10 breaths of belly breathing and then by then you're usually going to go to sleep and that's counted as as meditation and that's then a tick like oh wow I can do it and then during the day when you're busy taking kids from one thing to the other if they're you know like eight to 12 kind of thing it's like okay every red light just breathe put your hand on your tummy and do some deep breathing and you actually start to then recognize the calmness that comes into your body physically Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh actually there's a shift now I can identify when I'm go 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 and when I'm oh I'm a little bit more rested and then you're aware of I've got to get more of that into my space and then you might do it for gut issues for example because this comes up a lot in the time before menopause is we have a lot of bloating and indigestion and heartburn and all those kind of things around gut health because the ph level is changing in our gut it comes up so just coming back to that breath which takes only moments you know two three deep breaths that are calm belly breathing breaths Mm. at the traffic lights yeah. or if you're in Melbourne when you're stopped at the railway station and the gates are down you know and that it's going ding 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 it's really good practice to go ignore the noise get into the moment and yeah. that's all mindfulness is the more that we can slip into it into day-to-day stuff you know before you eat your lunch don't hoof it down yeah stop you know, practice that old school, I call it, or Mediterranean dining experience where you just sit, you look at your food, you appreciate it, the smells are actually having some chemical effects in your body. Let that yeah. happen. You don't need to know it all. Let your mouth start And then watering. enjoy the meal, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. go back to being busy, busy. <laughs> I love that. And, I mean, especially sitting, well, especially any time, but especially sitting down for a meal because, when you're eating, that's when you need your digestive system like to really be in, you know, your saliva coming in is the first stage, you know, because you've got those digestive enzymes in there that's going to help you break down the food and, and then you're setting yourself up to actually nourish your body with what you're putting in. So, yes, that's very important. The other thing that I wanted to sort of um, put out there to the listeners as well is that the meditation side of things I'm a bit more of a late bloomer than what you are uh, as in 
I haven't really got too heavily into the health and wellness space. Like I've always eaten healthy, but as far as diving into the more spiritual side of things and um, the gut health side of things really only came when I became a mum. And so my mum was very much into alternate um, natural ways Uh, and we used to give her so much crap about it when we were growing up. So I guess I had my mind blocks with that sort of thing. And for me, like I've known for a long time that meditation is really, really crucial. Like you listen to all of the health gurus and they will say, first and foremost, meditation. And that's the reason is because it does put you into that rest and digest. But for me, I would look at meditation and go, like you said earlier, oh, it's just one more thing that I have to fit into my day, one. And two, that's just woo-woo. You know, it's just like how can that possibly help me? But it wasn't until I actually started doing it that I saw what a difference it made to my days. Like as in if the kids were you know, it used to be like this volcano. Like I had really, really fabulous tolerance levels pre-kids, as I'm sure everyone would have. And, and you know, it, over time that tolerance level has diminished and but you would feel this volcano boiling up, you know, and then it'll be one simple tiny little thing that normally wouldn't bother you and then you'd just snap and you'd, you know, whatever it is, however you react to that, but you'd be like, well, that's not me. That's not how I normally behave. And I found once the meditation was incorporated, I found that my tolerance levels grew again. And instead of reacting, I would be more mindful of how I would respond. So I would be more um, calmer in however I delivered my response to the kids in that moment, you know what I mean? I think that has been probably, and also clarity of thought, like making decisions as well. I think it's really helped with that side of Mm. things as well. But that for me is what meditation has brought into my life um, as well as whatever other um, (laughs) benefits are probably happening in the background that are, you know, not so noticeable. But um, I totally do get that it is difficult to fit it in. I try and do mine of a nighttime, like the deep breathing exercises. I also do progressive muscle relaxation, which you would be all over. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, just try and um, stay in bed that like if the kids aren't climbing all over me, of course, which is generally the case. But in the morning, first thing, I like to just lay there and take those couple of extra deep breaths and have five minutes of doing that progress progressive muscle relaxation and deep breaths. And I just find um, that it just sets you up nicely for the rest of the day. Other than that, I would normally do it after exercise, but since it's winter and it's really cold, that's not happening right now. <laughs> I can't handle the cold. If you've I've got currently got two jumpers on. <laughs> yeah. Ah. If, if you have toddlers or kids that sleep or when they go to bed, the first thing is to then do take the t- 10 minutes then. Yeah. So that's a, another really good time because you're usually tired. Um, uh, just yeah. make sure you're sitting up and then you don't fall asleep kind of thing. And if you do, no big deal. But that's a really good way to recharge so you feel like you've got some space for you and your partner or whatever or just for you later on, you know, like if you want to spend 
you know, an hour at quality time, so they say, <laughs> um, <laughs> with your partner or have to tidy up the kitchen or whatever and get ready for the next day, you've got some energy from that side. And the other thing too that you mentioned was that spiritual side of the, that totally relates to gut health because that, you know, you've heard of that gut feeling. Yes. The name of my business <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that's that intuition that we have which everyone has it's our little sixth sense that we have mm. and so spiritually all you're doing is tapping into your gut feeling literally yeah. but when it's off or it's not given space to grow and for you to connect with it then then that you can have gut issues because you're actually chemically upsetting your pH level. So it, it yeah. does have a physiological effect yeah. by not allowing the um, that mindfulness to come into the physical side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people um, are realising now that things are changing and, you know, there's a lot more stress in the world type thing. We have to, this is our time, we have to make time for ourselves because at the end of the day this is always my thing at the end of the day you are your life <laughs> you're not your kids or your partner and no matter how much you love them you have to come first because mm. this is your life yeah so you have to make it what you want it to be and yeah. there's a whole big self-discovery around that but it's Absolutely. imperative and yeah. also know that when you've got kids, they will do what you do, yeah. not what you say. Exactly. <laughs> and so if you I, can I be was... calm and, you know, all that jazz, then, I mean, that's not reality. You're not going to be calm all the time. I've had loads of meltdowns and screamed at my kids. and <laughs> But it's also good for them to see that because <laughs> yeah. they go, whoa, I just really pushed her buttons too far. <laughs> I won't do that again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and that's what I was going to say. Yes, looking after ourselves first and foremost, but also like what we put out to the universe, you know, there's always people watching and there's always like our little ones, you know, like you said, they watch everything that we do. And, you know, even my husband who is proving very, very hard to convert to my way of thinking on all of this stuff, <laughs> typical country, burly bloke, you know, but he he still takes in bits and pieces like he's still made a lot of changes in his life too and so there's always ripple effects that we're creating as well so I think that's really important absolutely now I wouldn't mind getting back to the whole perimenopause thing and so can you clarify like just give us a brief description around the stages of menopause what's involved and what your experience has been with it and any early signs that you didn't realize back then that that hey this is happening and um yeah that that we can look out for and what age I'm sorry there's a million questions right now but what age can we expect <laughs> these kind of shifts to start happening for us yeah, so loads of questions, and yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'll do my best to kind of go through those. <laughs> so firstly, I want to talk about the age, because the age, you know, we kind of try and classify what age will we go through perimenopause. A good guide is to go, 
what age did my mum start going through menopause? It doesn't always 100% work like that, but as a guide, that's always a good time. So go ask your mum, hey, what happened for you? What were your signs? When did you notice it? What age was that? Typically, it's from age 38 to whenever you go through menopause. So some people go through menopause at like 45, 48 Mm-hmm. Some of it is 55. On average, you go through menopause at 52 statistically. Okay. So perimenopause statistically starts 10 years prior to that. So that would be early 40s. And I know for me, my experience was, so I had my kids at 31 and 34. So I had, I think I actually went into perimenopause early, like 38 And so I was having very yo-yo emotional ups and downs. And at the time I thought, what was it? Postnatal depression? Was it, you know, a bit of that not coping? Was it stress? Was I just like that? (laughs) Who knew? You know, very high swings in hormones. Uh, Every time I would go to the GP, they'd say, your hormones are normal. And so that would kind of frustrate me because I'm like, I don't feel normal. Surely there's something I can do that makes, you know, me better a better mum pretty much so uh, those are the signs for me and that was in fact the signs for coming into perimenopause and it depends on how your hormonal pattern goes so your estrogen and your progesterone will dip at different times and that's a little bit more genetic although it does sort of flow through you know it's going to decline basically So that masks a lot of your feel good. You can be anxious. I did have high anxiety, so I would have panic attacks and they would happen random. Like I'd be driving the car, not feeling stressed. And I would like feel like someone suddenly was sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, I have to pull over the car (laughs) and then go into a bit of a breathing technique kind of thing to learn how to get out of it. So that is definitely comes up early 40s for a lot of women. Anxiety, depression, you can have negative thoughts that start spiraling. So you can, and it's normally at night when you're not really, you know, you might be sort of semi-sleepy and you'll start thinking of something bad and it might just spiral and you're like, oh, stop that thinking. So that is actually normal. (laughs) That is just one side. And foods will help with that side of things a lot because you can look at more ones that produce, you know, your serotonin and that's your gut health again. Yeah. Um, some other signs are that bloating and um, irritation around your gut because that pH level changes. Weight gain from eating the same kind of foods, doing the same kind of exercise. There's also, you know, your loss of um, motivation to do stuff. Closer to coming into menopause, this happens a lot for women. Okay. They lose their... Um, they're more tired. They don't sleep right. They don't sleep through the night. <laughs> they can't get back to sleep. They might have hot flushes or heat. Uh, and then they can't sleep. You know, they're overthinking. So there's a lot of things that play into that physiologically, like liver, you know, your liver's not detoxing. So you've got to look at a lot of foods, how you can support yourself physically. But again, that stress factor. Uh, and time out self-care type things really make a big difference Um, there are so many signs and symptoms I've probably missed out a few there but pretty much 
anything that you know you're experiencing could be a hormonal (laughs) imbalance leading into perimenopause and so it's kind of worth going what what did my mum do you know where where was her experience and sometimes that's not practical like for me my mum had a hysterectomy in her early 40s so when I was um and I totally remember that time as a teenager because she was so like it was like a rage (laughs) and then but then I had that coming into the hormonal swings I would have this veil I called it it was like a red veil that would come down like you explained about you know having no tolerance so for me it would be like I'd be fine 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 and then it would be like this red veil coming down red rag to a bull and I'd be like charging whoa (laughs) watch out (laughs) so then I think and then I'd come out and go oh what was I thinking that's not how I would normally react what's going on So that's a really good sign and that happens a lot for women that things are starting to escalate from just normal hormonal imbalances that you might get sort of in a normal monthly flow to perimenopause. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of those symptoms that you explained, I feel like a lot of my clients experience a lot of those symptoms already. And, you know, we're around the majority of my clients are sort of anywhere from 25 to maybe 40. I've got a couple outside of that age group, but majority falls within that range. And I I, I guess that would then come back to the fact that we're at that age group where we're having kids and our hormones are all over the place. Would would you agree? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and there is a distinction between when you have when you're in your reproductive years kind of thing and you are having babies, you are having hormonal imbalances. That's just what happens. Mm-hmm. So um, that does come into it. But if it's a monthly cycle and you can start tracking. So this is where tracking is really good. And I get my menopausal ladies to do that. But if you do this um, when you're having any kind of mood swings or weight gain or any symptoms, track when it happens to see if it does fall into the same periods of time within a cycle so like before ovulation it might be this at ovulation it's that after ovulation it's this if I'm late does it is it slightly different and then you get to know your body so then also you can actually start to solution orientate around what foods particularly help me with if it's mood swings Mm-hmm. Or, you know, am I getting enough omegas? Do I need probiotics? You know, have, have I got enough fiber in my diet? And I, it might be more movement. Am I not exercising because I'm tired? And so getting outside in the fresh air and going for a walk, even if it's 10 minutes, might lift it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can be a little bit more strategic about what's your body's norm. And then when you know that, when anything else extreme happens or or is really different, you go, oh, hang on, that's not my normal. So I think that's a really key thing to recognize when you're, you know, having babies and they're young uh, and also your sleep's disturbed from other, you know, it's not hormonal, it's just kids are up. Yeah, yeah, that's some great advice. Thank you. You mentioned a couple of things in there like amigas and the probiotics and whatever else. Are there any other kind of supplementations that you recommend to help with balancing hormones 
Yeah, Amigas are my definitely not negotiables. So Amigas make a big difference to how your hormones are created and having healthy hormones. So that's always my first Mm go-to. And there's another product that I use that I think you have um, as well, Tony, which is ProTandem, which works more on epigenetics. So it's on your, it's like your communication that happens. So all your physiological pathways and your stress responses really get optimized so that they just function how they should be functioning it sounds kind of like a little bit hard to comprehend but it's like in a house you put the concrete floor pad down first and then you build the house on top so before we can put even good food and nutrients into our body we have to have the right foundation so protandum works on having your body as the right foundation and it makes everything work 100% pretty much so then once it's there then what you're doing with food and nutrients and you know exercise and all your well-being side really has an impact that Mm -hmm. can make a big shift so that's my second go-to and then obviously then there's things like b vitamins to help the liver detoxify you know magnesium and calcium there's a whole lot of nutrients that I really think make a big difference for hormones but without yeah. those two key things, the omegas and the protandum, you kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels a little bit, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, the protandum, protandum really lays the foundation, doesn't it? I, <laughs> When yeah. I first came across protandum, I was so, so sceptical. Um, I, I, well, I knew the science first and foremost, and that was my first exposure to it. And I was like, oh, my God, can I sell this stuff within my business? Like I've got to sell it. And then I started yeah. reading all the testimonials and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, can't be true. It's, it's too good to be true. So I actually did a, a test, like I did a, a trial on friends and family and uh, one of the big things uh, was a sleep that, you know, the benefits that it had with helping with sleep. And so I was like, all right, I've got an auntie and an uncle and another auntie that all struggle with their sleep. So I'll get them onto it. And I've got this friend with this. And then my neighbor come over two days later and she was having problems with sorting out her hormones. And I was like, oh, I've read all these testimonials. Do you want to give it a try? And she did. And yeah, the the responses that I got from that trial, like obviously the fact that I still sell it within my business now is true testament to to uh, how that trial went. But um, I'm assuming you've had just as much success with it with your clients. Would you mind sharing a feel-good story? Oh, uh, amazing. Yeah, like I was a bit like you. I was very sceptical because I looked at the, the, the science and went, how can we not know about this? Yeah. Like I'm an anti-aging and how did I not know about nutrigenomics to this degree? So the, the, the science behind it, I was like blown away. Um, so then I was like you, I did my own test. So I was quite, I, oh, at that did. time, so it was about, yeah, two years ago, I think that's our science nerdy kind of side of things. And also <laughs> for me, if I'm going to promote something to my clients, I've got to be really 500% behind yes, you know, all the results. Yeah, so I'm going to be putting my name behind it. So I, uh, so what I did was I was already taking loads of supplements. So I had pretty good energy, and my skin was great, and I didn't, and I slept well. So I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm going to notice any difference. So for me personally, what I found was I actually did it at the time was on a big European trip, and when I came back. I did a 38-hour flight, you know, with stopovers and stuff, and then came back into a fully booked-out clinic month, 
pretty much. But that first week was like back to back and mm. my husband was still away and I had no jet lag. So every day, like I was doing 16-hour days just to fit, you know, catch up. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, I'm sure like I'll get jet lag tomorrow. Oh, I'm feeling really good today. Maybe I'll get it tomorrow. And then by the end of the week, I went, hang on a minute. No jet lag, nothing. And I've got really good energy and a clear head, which wow. for me, you know, I'd be tired at the end of the day mentally. And I thought, what am I doing differently? And that was the only thing different. So I thought, hang on. <laughs> Uh, so that was my big aha for me personally. And then about three months later, I noticed for me personally, my sleep was next level deep. So yeah. I already slept well, but I suddenly noticed that I was waking up going, I feel like really revitalized and it's deeper sleep than I've ever had. So s- same quality, quantity of time. Yes. So I wasn't getting any more hours. But I was getting deeper, yeah. 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 So, and things were repairing in my body, like my little toenail. Like I'm going, toenails normally get worse as you get older because you've got not good circulation. Mine is like, like I used to have a deformed toenail and now then it was like completely repaired, like normal toenail. Sounds random. Yeah. (laughs) But for me, I was going, (laughs) if a toenail can get repaired, like what's it doing for the rest of our body? Yeah. For me, I didn't, well, I felt like I didn't have many health challenges. Um, I've actually since found out that there was a bit more going on. I've just... um, I just got on board with a naturopath down south and um, I sent them some tests that I had done after my youngest, oh, eldest, sorry, after he was born and uh, she picked up a fair few things that the doctors didn't, that some underlying things that were going on back then. And so didn't realise that there was anything significant happening at the time, but um, enough that I went and got testing and things done. So I had like dizzy spells, I had... Um, my eye twitch, which would not go away. Uh, what else did I have? Just a little, like all of the typical symptoms of I'm pregnant, you know, cause I went to the doctor and I said, this yes. is what's happening. And they're like, sounds like you're pregnant. Let's get a pregnancy test. I'm like pretty sure I'm not pregnant. I've only just spat one out like <laughs> not long ago. And, <laughs> um, yeah. And then that's when I was introduced to it. Oh, sorry. No, it was after Hardy was born, which was my second that I was introduced to ProTandem, but the same things were happening again. So again, that's probably coming back to the hormones, lack of sleep, all that, that was exacerbating that underlying cause, which I've only just found out about. Um, But yeah, and then I found that and I, um, within the space of a couple of weeks, I didn't have the dizzy spells anymore. I didn't have the eye twitch anymore, which I'd even cut out caffeine thinking that the caffeine might've been something that was spurring it on and that hadn't worked. Um, and my, but my, the biggest thing that I probably noticed the fastest was my skin. Like I just mm. was, I had like a pregnancy glow to my skin, which was yeah amazing I loved it um but yeah the true testament for me was was all of the uh my friends and family that I did the trial with and then the results that they had so no I love this stuff um anyways do you know what we should do we'll put it out there to the listeners if you are interested in learning more about um 
the pro tandem, we've also got a wonderful range of probiotics and amigas. Vicky and I, if Vicky's up to it, we've <laughs> got a little bit on, so I'm probably crazy <laughs> for even bringing this up. But um, I'll pop a link in the show notes and perhaps we could do like a bit of a presentation for our listeners and um, see if we can get people to come along and learn a little bit more about it. What do you What do you reckon? I think that's a great idea. Actually, lots of when you said about your skin, the the difference in a lot of my clients' skin from only that one change, keeping to the same skincare, has been phenomenal. Particularly, so most of my clients are over forty, and you notice the sag happening, and so less lines, more glow. So yeah, I say bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. I'll pop a, a link in the show notes. If you're if you're listening to this like months down the track, shoot me an email. Always happy to organize something. Um, head to my Instagram. However it is that you want to connect, just let me know and happy to to share more information. Okay, where to from here? I guess I'd love to know, like you've you've touched on bits and pieces, but I'd love to hear what you wish you knew back then before all of this and whether that is something to do with things that you could have been doing like proactively so for people like myself that are at that point yet what can I start doing now that I might not or well just say that I'm not in the health and wellness space like I am because I'm probably doing a lot of the things already (laughs) but for someone that's that's listening to this going "Mm, okay what can I do to help be a little bit more proactive with this and what do you wish you had have known back then which probably falls into the same kind of thing but yeah I think what what I find well what really made a difference for me uh back in my 20s I was doing everything from a health perspective from a food and um lifestyle perspective right if you like if you want to put that in quote marks But the underlying thing is I wasn't actually, because of the stress factor, I wasn't absorbing those nutrients. So having on board the right nutrient um, facilitation. So, for example, supplements, pro-tandem. Obviously, I didn't have that then. I wish I'd had that then. Um, Omegas. And then doing things in balance, you know, like so really looking at your lifestyle and going, you know, take a breath, (laughs) do things in moderation, um, but support yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Ask for help more, because I would always try and figure it all out myself and not ask for help. So take the load off a bit, ask for help, but know that you can do a lot more than just eating 100% organic. (laughs) Not many people do that. Um, there's a lot more that you can do. So I think that would be my key takeaway because you can just be so much healthier and have such a more energy and recover quicker um, when you're optimizing. And it's that optimization doesn't have to look like artificial or, you know, um, synthetic. Mm. It can be still natural. And there's other things that work to optimize, like yoga, to work on connective tissue. So we're not holding stress in our connective tissue. Um, Obviously, breathing, we've talked about. So there's a huge range, you know, essential oils. So you're vibrationally connected to yourself and can get into a feel-good space really quickly. 
So really being open to a lot of different modalities to find what fits for you, what feels mm. right, yeah. and then listening to that gut instinct on what do I feel like I need for balance today? Yeah. It's a good segue into my next question, which was going to be, can you give us a bit of a rundown on how our hormones are directly connected to our gut? Yeah, so hormones, um, so we've got loads of different hormones, not just your reproductive hormones. So clearly as you go through perimenopause and then into menopause, our sexual hormones are you know, hugely compromised and they go down a lot, which puts more pressure, if you like, on the other hormones that we have, so other ways our body communicates. So our gut makes 70% of our serotonin, which is just one hormone, but that works on. So, yeah, a happy hormone. And then also that sits very closely to our melatonin in our brain. So it impacts different hormone signals that we get from our brain to make us feel good, sleep better, release fat because it's um, very close to our satiety. So when we feel hungry or not hungry, mm-hmm. um how we release our human growth hormone so that's our repair hormone overnight which also helps us manage weight and insulin resistance it's how our body deals with detoxification so there's a whole lot of links that come from our gut and without that serotonin release we don't get that cascade of other flow-on effects it's kind of like it doesn't block but it certainly inhibits or slows down that nice feel-good response. So, yeah, you can get a lot of, look for the signs and symptoms and then go, okay, it's sometimes that's a lot to do with gut first Mm. and foremost. And then also know that that's the the window or the door into how we can make energy in our body. So if we're not absorbing nutrients, yeah, we can't convert it to energy then we can't even do a whole lot of other things. Yeah, okay. And do you teach Mm. any principles behind the nutrition aspect in your Thrive Through Menopause program? Yeah, so the first module that we do, so it's a six-week course online and I take you through it personally um, as a QA and a session. But the first module itself I call the foundations and it's understanding that whole hormonal interaction So what happens as your hormones change, as in your estrogen and progesterone, and then all the other hormonal um, signals that you have in your body, like cortisol for stress, um, serotonin, because we talk about sleep a lot, um, all the neurochemicals that release from your brain, just so that you have an understanding of when one thing's out or you feel a certain way, what that then impacts. So you need to, so then there's a link between what you might eat like more walnuts or more seeds or more, you know, you can kind of fast track it a little bit more. What do the walnuts do? Are they to help promote sleep? Yes, because they're a brain food. So it's okay. it's working a lot more on brain, brain health yeah. because one of the factors obviously that we get concerned about as we get older and you probably won't be thinking about this right now, but as you sort of get to 50 plus, you start thinking about things like Alzheimer's and dementia and you know, you want to age healthily so yeah. that you've still got cognitive function, even if it's from a, I have a lot of executive women 
come into my course and they're like, you know, one of the things is I can't remember what I was going to say. So Mm. that memory recall. Mm. So brain foods become really key and they also double as really good hormone foods. So they all help with that hormone creation for all of the hormones in our body, um, which make us feel good, but also tap into what we can remember, the recall, our uh, ability to still work at that, what they call executive functioning. So it's our um, ability to be creative, to have find solutions. If you're doing a presentation, not forget what you're meant to do, even though you've done it a zillion times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those kind of things that um, as women, you know, we need to be stepping into our power almost, like, you know, taking charge and doing whatever we're doing for our work and love it into our 80s and 90s to keep contributing so I think that's a really key thing absolutely brain food makes a massive difference yeah I couldn't agree more and that's something that I want real like a message that I really want to get out there is yeah okay we may not be thinking about things like Alzheimer's and dementia and I really hope people don't focus on those things but we we are kind of at an age where we really need to start looking at our what we're putting into our mouth, with what we're fueling our body with, whether we're getting enough sleep, whether we're prioritizing exercise. Because, you know, I feel like this is kind of, and I guess it's because I'm living it. I could be wrong. I'm probably going to say something very similar in 10 years time. But I feel like, you know, this is the, the point where we feel like we have to be everything for everyone else and we kind of get put on the back burner and I feel like this is potentially where well I was about to say where the most damage is done the most damage was probably done back in my party days when I used to go drink all weekend um gosh I've changed but you know I, I feel like we really need to be starting to think about the future for ourselves but again for our little ones like setting that example so that they're obviously going to go through the same phases that we do and that they're going to have their time where they want to go going to want to go to the pub and all that sort of stuff but you know like I did you know with my mum we used to pay her out about doing her natural therapy side of things I went and had my fun and now that I'm a mum, it's my turn to pass on everything that she taught me and then some onto my babies, you know. And so I think absolutely, I think it's I, I really I say it all the time, I want to come from a place of prevention. I want people to understand that how we treat our bodies now is going to impact how we're feeling 10 years down the track. And it's it's much easier to maintain or prevent than what it is to cure or repair, you know. So um, thank you very much for sharing Absolutely. that. The other thing too with prevention rather than cure, having the benefits of living that wonderful life while you're preventing stuff, you know. So like you choose yeah. to uh, focus on prevention rather than curing. So therefore you're actually having a more optimised lifestyle uh, with better benefits and health and all that jazz than you would have if you had have chosen the other path. Yeah. So so then you have longer of that experience and that can impact all your mindset stuff. So your physical yeah. stuff is easier to impact. It is a mental choice, but you can then reap so many more benefits and rewards because of that lifestyle. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just like you're saying, you know, thrive through menopause. I, I My tagline is to thrive through motherhood. You know, we don't have to merely survive it. Yeah. We can thrive through it. It doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. Not that it is. We, of course, have so many wonderful moments, but um it, it, you know, there is a lot of hard things that are thrown at you and it's just nice to be able to have that extra tolerance like I was talking about earlier, that just that little bit more resilience to make it through those tough times and to know that the shitstorm will pass and I will get through this and I'll be bigger and better and stronger for it, you know. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Now, would you, before we wrap up, would you mind sharing with us a little bit more about your program and where people can find you and um, all that stuff? Yeah. Sure. So the um, Thrive Through Menopause is actually designed for women coming into perimenopause and then menopause and postmenopause. So it's that whole hormonal cycle of starting the changes, obviously not when you're having kids. Um, And it's a six-week course and we go through obviously the physical stuff that you can do. So the foundations, uh, we but also I think what might makes my program a little bit different from other stuff that's out there is I do a lot of um, modalities that are Eastern philosophy. So Ayurvedic, Chinese medicine, how you can sort of integrate all those ancient philosophies, if you like, in Western uh, everyday 2021 or, or whatever lifestyle, you know, all our busy woman lifestyles. So how we can kind of pick and choose and learn to listen to our body uh, and use that as our guide. So of course things change and your symptoms change. So in the course specifically, that's what I'm talking about. So I take you through obviously how to address your symptoms and what's going on physically. But then later on in the course, it's more about how can you support yourself as things change? So you get lifetime access because you know, your hormones change forever. So as they evolve, you can come back and go, oh, I didn't hear that the first time around. Now this is really appropriate for where I'm at. So there's a next level of um, wellness that I can get into. So that wellness is never a defined exit point. We've just not become the guru in wellness. (laughs) So it's all about evolving and changing and growing into your next best self kind of thing. So I love that. Um, thriving through menopause does touch on our mindset on anti-aging and coming into you know my philosophy is that we probably will live to wear 100 plus your listeners will probably be 120 that's the research <laughs> that's coming out oh really so we've we've yes <laughs> there you go. The wow. an, and if you look at all the internal anti-aging um, medical sites that's what they're studying now is the longevity because we wow. know so much and it's going to change and evolve So we need to really be proactive about our physical body as well as our mental capacity because of that impact that we can have and just make, you know, make the shift. So I do talk about that and contributing and women supporting women and having a tribe of women that are, you know, go-getters and really healthy. Absolutely. As healthy as we can be. So you can find me on Insta. So I'm Vicky Jamison one Insta handle and I'm also under Facebook as Better Body Beauty Sanctuary because that's many moons ago that's my name my business name 
and um, I'm sure you'll put my website there is betterbody.net.au. Yes, absolutely. I'll include all of those in the show notes for our listeners to go and check you out. Absolutely. And come well, and say hi. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, Vicky, thank you so, so much for jumping on. I've had a blast chatting to you and I just want to say that thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It is very much needed and um yeah, I'm sure no doubt appreciated by the beautiful women that you are mentoring. Uh, so keep up the good work and, yeah, we'll see you in that uh, presentation that we're going to host <laughs> with Pro Tandem very soon. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much for your gut health info too. It's imperative for women. <laughs> yes, it sure is. All right, Vicky, thank you. Wow, what a wonderful episode that was. I feel like we got way more bang for our buck with that one, guys. Here I was thinking that we were going to learn all about menopause and not only did we learn all about menopause but about so, so much more. So thank you very much, Vicky, for all of those nuggets. I really appreciate you hopping on. As promised, I will drop into the show notes where you can find Vicky if you're interested in accessing her Thrive Through Menopause course. And also, I will pop into the show notes a link where you can register your interest to find out more about Pro Tandem. So, just to clarify, Pro Tandem is not, we don't really refer to it as a supplement, it is more of a what we call an activator. And that it comes back to epigenetics and nutrigenomics in that we have the power to flick on and off certain genes. So things like lifestyle and the food that you put into your mouth and yes, pro tandem do have the ability to turn certain genes on and off and so that's what pro tandem does so you know how we're always told to drink green tea and eat lots of blueberries because they're full of antioxidants well the way that pro tandem works once it switches this gene on it produces glutathione which is the mother of all antioxidants all right so uh, as well as other things uh, like your catalase and your SODs which are in charge of anti-aging so winding back the clock which of course as we were talking about in the podcast great for your skin so I can certainly go into everything in a lot more depth for you all uh, if you're interested, as I mentioned, click on the show notes. It'll take you to my calendar and you can book a time uh, to participate. And just a little reminder, my two-week challenge is coming up on the 2nd of August 2021. It is a free two-week challenge and it is to help you kick your cravings to the curb once and for all. So whether it's soft drink, chocolate, sugar, carbs, whatever it may be, if you're having trouble getting rid of it and you're wanting to move to a healthier lifestyle, this just might be the kick up the butt that you need. I promise to make it short and sweet it's just going to take 10-15 minutes out of your day give you little bits of pieces that you can implement throughout those two weeks and then I'm going to finish it off by sharing with you some more information about our gut health and why it's so important how it all works and then you will have the opportunity if you wish to learn a little bit more again and I'm going to share with you my top 
tips to maintaining or optimizing your gut health. So you don't want to miss this one, guys. I will pop a link in the show notes if you're wanting to register for that. As I said, it's free, two weeks, what have you got to lose? And also letting you all know that my next eight-week program and uh, one-on-one coaching are being released on the 30th of August. So I only have capacity to take on 10 people at a time. So if it's something that you're interested in, make sure you register your interest now because otherwise you might miss out. The course is not capped at all. It's just the one-on-one coaching. So if one-on-one coaching is what you feel that you need, be quick. Don't mess about. I have barely advertised it yet and I have already started filling those spaces. So I don't want you guys to get disappointed. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you like, subscribe and share guys. This information can't get out there without your help. So please get it into the ears of people who are struggling because even if they make one small change, one small change leads to another small change and then we've created a lot of different ripples so thank you for tuning in I hope you're all keeping well and we will see you next time this is your gut health bestie signing out stay awesome keep trusting that gut feeling of yours and remember let's keep on doing it for the kids until next time views and opinions expressed by the host and guests of that gut feeling doing it for the kids podcast series are for published entertainment purposes only and are not intended as a diagnosis treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice and treatment please consult a physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns reproduction copying or redistribution of the doing it for the kids podcast without the express written consent of that gut feeling is prohibited